Welcome to COC Cape Town Sermon Downloads. Enjoy this message. Are you ready for the word this morning? Tell him a message simply this morning. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Bump your neighbor on your left hand side. Say, Is anything too hard for the Lord? Bump your neighbor on the other side. Say, No, nothing is too hard for my God. Genesis chapter 18, verse 14. The Bible says, Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. My question to us this morning as we get into the word today, a word of encouragement, is anything too hard for the Lord? I want you to notice this morning, my question is not, is anything too hard for you and me? I'm not asking us that question this morning because we, we might be experiencing some hard times in our life and we will experience hard times in our life. My question is not about, is anything too hard for you and me? My question is, is anything too hard for the Lord this morning? You might be facing an unseemingly hard challenge today as I speak. But my question, like I said, is not, is there anything too hard for you and me? But is there anything too hard for the Lord? Now, what is the difference between what is hard for you and me and what is hard for the Lord? Well, the Bible is very clear. Matthew chapter uh, uh, 18, verse 26, the Bible says, But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Sorry, Matthew 19, 26. But, but, but with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. I want to tell you this morning, I want to encourage your faith today. Sometimes what might seem impossible to you and I, sometimes the the things that might seem overwhelming to us, that might seem hard to us, the Bible says, is there anything too hard for the God that we serve? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? I want to encourage your faith today. And I want to tell someone today that your faith and trust in God is never in vain. You have to keep your faith in God, whatever you are trusting God for. Whatever you are believing God for, while it's only October, and we said this is our year of divine restoration and recovery. God is always on time. God's timing is never too late. There's there's still two months to go towards the end of this year. You might not be experiencing everything you trust in God for, but your hope and your trust in God is not in vain. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 35, Cape Town North, the Bible says, So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings to you. This is what the Bible says. The Bible says, do not cast away or do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. You have a choice to make every day of your life. The choice is, will I keep my confident trust in God, in Christ, knowing that is anything too hard for God, that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above? Or will I throw away that trust and start believing in myself? Will I throw away my trust in God and start looking towards the world? Will I start looking towards man? Will I start to live in worry and doubt? Or will I keep my trust in God? And the Bible says, don't throw away this confident trust. Because so often we can start to think or say, this is not working. Well, I'm not seeing the breakthrough. How long will the season last? But uh, the, the, the Latin word or the meaning of the word confidence is confidentia. And that word means trust. And notice the Bible says, don't cast away your confident trust. When we start to lose our trust in God, we start to lose our confidence in life. When you start to see people, they start to talk about what they can't do. They start to make excuses. Not because you become a bad person, because your focus has shifted in the wrong direction. Your focus is now shifting towards everything that you can't do. Your focus is in what is impossible and you start to lose your confidence. The boldness you had before, the vision you wrote on your wall, you start to doubt the vision that's on the wall because your, your trust has shifted from trusting in God to now starting to trust in yourself. And it's not all, I'm not saying you shouldn't believe in yourself, but the Bible is very clear. Do not throw away your confident trust in the Lord. We have to keep our faith in God. Can you say amen this morning? So the Bible tells us, our scripture verse this morning, the three angels sent by God in the form of men to Abram and Sarah to tell them that they will give birth to Isaac, the promised son. So the Bible says these three men arrive 
And they tell Abram and, and Sarah, almost an impossible situation in the natural. They were aging, they were older. There wasn't a good time for a, a woman of Sarah's age to have a child. She's been struggling her whole life to have a child. But she had a promise from God. I've, I've said it over and over from this platform. There are 8,810 promises in Scripture. And you'll be a wise master builder to hold on to the promises of God, despite whatever you are facing this morning. Because the Bible says what? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? So Abram and Sarah had waited for the promise of God for so long that Sarah initially was hesitant to believe that at her age or in her situation, there could be a turnaround or a breakthrough or that God still has a plan for my life. Sometimes we go through such tough times for so long, we start to think maybe God has changed His mind. Maybe God doesn't believe in me anymore. Maybe God has lost His confidence in me. Now the Bible says, God says He'll never change, He'll never leave, He'll never forsake you. What you have to do is you have to keep your confident trust in God, knowing that God is fighting for you 24-7-365. We don't serve a God of the swivel chair. We don't serve a God who today when you approach God, He looks towards you. When you approach Him tomorrow, He turns His back on you. No, we might turn our back on God. We might be faithless, but the Bible says He remains faithful despite what you and I are going through that's the God of grace that's the God of mercy that is the God we serve but the Bible says we have to hold on to our confident trust in God can you say amen and then Sarah when she heard the 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 the, the promise of God come again you're going to have a son called Isaac the Bible says she laughed she was almost like hesitant to go really God at my age after all these years surely you must have changed your plan about myself and Abraham maybe you've put the destiny onto somebody else no the Bible says they have to hold on to their confident trust in God so the man reminds Sarah and Abraham by stating what he says is there anything too hard for the Lord he asks them he says I know that you might be hesitant I know you might have even doubted at the time I know you might even think that God has forgotten you God has forsaken you but I want to tell you is anything too hard for the Lord Sarah can you not have a child at your age? Is it impossible for God to turn your business around? Is it possible for God to turn your marriage around? That partner who you are so in love with has now hardened their heart towards you. Is it possible for God to turn their heart around? Is anything too hard for God? Says the angel to, to Sarah. Is anything impossible? That business of yours that people are saying, we're going to close the, the doors. We're going to foreclose. We're going to shut your business down because COVID has stolen. The enemies come to steal, kill and destroy. My question to you this morning is anything too hard for the Lord that he can't turn your situation around is anything too hard for God oh for you and me it might seem impossible for you and me it might seem hard but is anything too hard for God this morning I would encourage your faith we serve a God amen who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above you see the word we read that word anything as one word in the new King James version but in the King James version the older translation it's two words so it says this in Genesis 18, 14. He says, is anything, not anything, two words, is anything too hard for the Lord? The, the Hebrew meaning of that word thing, it means a matter or a cause, a situation, a crisis. He says, is any crisis, is any matter you are facing, is there any challenge that you are facing this morning? Is there anything that you might have even gone and sought legal advice? You might have gone and sought professional advice. You might have gone and sought medical advice, whatever it might be that thing, that cause, and the person has come back or the company's come back or the, the, the advice that has come back and said, well, it's impossible. It's, it's, it's over. We can't anymore. Well, the Bible says is anything, any matter, any cause, is it too hard for God still to intervene? I don't care what people have said. I'm not saying doctor's reports are bad. 
I'm not saying the, the lawyer or the advocate or the, uh, the accountant's advice is wrong. What I'm saying to you is it's just advice from a man. But then there is God, the one that we serve. And the Bible says, the angel says to Sarah, he says, I understand you might think it's impossible at your age, but is anything too hard for God that He can't turn your situation around? Is there anything too hard for God that you can't recover everything you've lost? That God won't restore sevenfold what the enemy's tried to steal from you? Sometimes it's hard for us to get our mind around it because we think, well, it's over, Pastor. No, it's not over until it's over. It's not over until you are finished. It's not over until you breathe your last breath on the earth and then you've gone into an eternal life. So you win on earth and you win in heaven. It's a double winner. Amen. You win all the time. But if you take your focus off of God, amen, because your energy flows where your focus goes, amen. So wherever you are focusing on, you give give that thing energy. If you focus on worry, your energy goes towards worry. You become exhausted. You become tired, you become worn out. Why? Because you're living a life of worry. Instead of putting your trust and focus back on God and saying, Lord, I know. If I look at it with my natural mind, I sought advice. If I do the logic, if I do the mathematical equation, this is impossible. And Jesus says, now it's exactly the place I want you to be. Because with you and yourself and with man, it is impossible. But with me, all things are possible this morning. Can you say amen? Amen. So he says, is anything, is there, not a, is there a matter, is there a cause that, that God can't turn around? So often people refer to their circumstances, well, it's a matter of fact, Pastor. Is there any matter? It's a matter of fact. I have the facts, Pastor. And I understand you might have the facts, but I have the faith this morning to tell you that your facts might be facts, but then there is faith that is greater than your facts because God can turn your facts around through faith. Amen. Yes, but Pastor, no, we're not becoming bully goat Christians. We're not becoming those Christians every time you hear a faith statement, you butt it out the way with your logic. Because sometimes our logic is in the way. Sometimes our intellect is in the way. Sometimes your brain matter is in the way. God bless you with a lot of intellect in your head. But sometimes that's a limitation to faith. Because when Peter got out the boat, the 11 other disciples said, well, I'm not going to do that. He had the boldness to get out of the boat. Amen. And I want to encourage you. Sometimes people will say to you, well, you know, if, if it was me, I wouldn't do it like that. Well, good news. You're not me and you're not going to do what I'm going to do because I'm hearing what God is telling me to do. Amen. And you have to walk on the water by faith. But I want to say to you today, no matter what you are facing, amen, your facts, amen, can be overridden by faith. So although there are facts, and I understand, I'm not trying to say everything that everybody says is wrong, but sometimes it's just a human opinion. Sometimes there's somebody who might not even have a concern for you really at, at their heart. They're just giving you professional advice. You're paying them a fee for advice. But that's not what God is saying about your situation. Amen. And I understand that. But the Bible says that in any matter of any fact itself, that is there anything too hard for the Lord to resolve or to intervene in your life? You see, God's intervention is not always in our time, but it's always on time. Let me say that. God's intervention is not always in our time, but it's always on time. Why? Because the Bible says in, in uh, Genesis 18 verse 14b, the, the second part of that verse, He says, is anything too hard for the Lord? And He goes on to say, at the appointed time, I will return to you. There is always an appointed time with God. You might think, well, maybe I've missed the boat. Maybe I, you know, I, I've lost out. The opportunity came and the opportunity went. Well, I want to tell you, there is always an appointed time with God. God might not be on our time, but His appointed time is always on time. And when God has an appointed time with you, guess what? The Bible says you better start getting ready for God to speak to you because that word appointed, amen, 
in the Hebrew, it means an appointed place and an appointed meeting. When God has an appointed time, He meets you at an appointed place and He has an appointed meeting with you. Like if you schedule a meeting with somebody and you put it into your calendar on your phone and it pops up as a reminder and says, Monday morning, 10.30, you have a meeting with so-and-so and you go to that appointed meeting, you arrive at that meeting, the meeting is scheduled, you sit, you discuss, whatever it is you're discussing, you agree, whatever it is, you move the, the meeting forward, you move the business deal forward, you might sign it, it might be an introduction meeting, whatever it might be, but there is an appointed time. And the Bible says the same with you and me. The Bible says no matter what you are going through, Sarah, the Bible says you've been waiting for 25 years, for so long you've been waiting, but there is an appointed time when God says, now it's time. Now I'm going to start to take that character of yours that I've been forming for so long. Because if I blessed you with that promise before your time, you might have left me. You might not be ready for the promise of God. Some of us are good people. I mean, we want to do great things for God. But we might not be ready yet to handle the fullness, the full understanding of what God really has in store for us. Because the Bible says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor entered the heart of man the things that God has laid up for those that love Him. So sometimes God's delay is not God's denial. And I say this to us because we can be, we, we're impatient. We live in an instant world. We complain more in a restaurant now about the Wi-Fi buffering than about the service of the food. Amen. Because we want instant uh, communication. We complain about the McDonald's drive-through that's not quick enough because we want fast food. We want everything fast, quick, quick internet, quick fiber, quick solutions, quick answers. But that's not who God is. Amen. Because the Bible says one day to God is a thousand, a thousand is one. The Bible says God's timing is not your and my timing because God is the God of eternity. Do you want to know how long eternity is? It's eternal. It's never ending. So we have a time schedule. We have a, a time slot. We have a 24-hour cycle to a day. We've got a, a sunrise and a sunset. We've got commitments to make. But the Bible says that there is an appointed time in the Spirit when God comes to the life of a believer. The person who does not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, at the appointed time, you shall reap if you do not faint. Why? Because the Bible said God always has an appointed time with people. Think about Saul on the road to Damascus, an antichrist, a person who did not believe in Jesus Christ, an actual fact, a persecutor of the church. He's that Facebook warrior that finds it important to go online and criticize pastors and criticize churches and find fault with everything about the church. They try to dissect the pastor's doctrine and theology. They want him to be hermeneutically correct. Amen. I don't even know how they know the word hermeneutically. I just know Hermann. That's the closest I know to Hermann. He's maybe Hermann, the guy that I know. But my point is, you can be so theologically, try to be so theologically correct, you can miss the appointed time of God. And God never slumbers, God never sleeps. God is looking. The eyes of the Lord roam to and fro to see whose heart is stayed on Him. And at the appointed time, Saul was on his way to persecute the church. He was planning to murder Christians. And the Bible says he's, got, he's on his horse going to Jerusalem on the Damascus Road, entering the, the city of Jerusalem. And God has an appointed time with Saul. Saul the Antichrist, Saul the hater of the church, Saul a murderer, Saul a person who was a blasphemer. How can God use a blasphemer? How can God use a murderer? How can God use an Antichrist? And the Bible says God has an appointed time and the light shines out of heaven. Saul couldn't control it. You see, you can't control the appointed time of God. You see, that's when you are out of control. That's when God shifts a man's heart in, in his sleep. 
the man who says no, no, no. You've tried to get the business deal. He says no, no, no. And God has an appointed time. That man doesn't even know God, but God will speak to that man by his spirit. You'll shift that man's mind in a dream. And the next morning you'll wake up and decide, I don't know why, but I'm going to sign the document with this guy. Why? I just, I just feel I need to. Why? Because God has an appointed time. And the Bible says what? Saul falls off his, off his donkey, of his horse. And this man that was resistant to God, this antichrist, this person who thought Christianity is a joke, the person who thinks happy clappies that stand in church like us and clap hands and shout and pray in tongues. Who are these nutcases? Who are these people that are so stupid? All these people that couldn't make it in life. They need this crutch of Christ. These people that have their whole life together. And that same person who denies Christ suddenly has a heart murmur and he needs help and he can't find help. Why? Because the doctor says, I can't help you. But then the Christian suddenly looks a lot better than what he was before. Because we're not serving God because we, we can't make it in life. Yes, we are sinners. Yes, we, we might have messed up in life. But believe you me, there's a lot of strong people sitting in this building this morning. But the Bible says God doesn't use the wise, the wise of this world. He doesn't use those that have all their things, their ducks in a row out there. He uses the broken. He uses the busted. He uses the disgusted. He uses those people that couldn't, that couldn't really have all their ducks in a row. And they started to put their trust back in God. And the Bible says God called, comes to Saul at an appointed time, knocks him off his horse. Can my husband get saved? Can my, my drug addict child get saved? Can my spouse get saved? Can that child of mine that, that mocks the things of God get saved? Can that child of mine who says, I don't believe in Jesus Christ, can they get saved? And my question to us this morning, is anything too hard for the Lord? That the Lord can't have an appointed time with your son, with your husband, with your daughter? I'm reminded of that story of, of Smith Wigglesworth who always says that in one of his books he writes, he says he used to go and stay at people's houses, not like today where you stay in hotels. If you did a crusade, they would stay in people's of the church's houses. And the one time he stayed in this woman's house and she, she, the one day he was leaving to, uh, to, to go to the crusade and she came running out. She said, Brother Smith, she said, my husband, I've been praying for him for so long, he won't get saved. He's a drunkard. He comes home every night, he's drunk, he falls out comes at all ungodly hours of the morning, gets into bed next to me, stinks of alcohol, just his life is in a mess, he's full of excuses, he's messing around, what do I do? He said, you're full of the Holy Ghost, he said, go back into your, into your husband's, uh, uh, your bedroom, he says, lie on your husband's side of the bed, and roll around on your husband's side of the bed, he said, let the anoint that, those sheets tonight, and so when the husband got home that night, Smith Wigglesworth tells the story, when the drunken man got home that night he got into bed the normal bed that he got in but you see God at an appointed time and the Bible says that well Smith Wigglesworth says that as he got into the bed his wife was lying sleeping saying what's going to happen she says and suddenly the husband in his drunken state he jumped out of the bed and he said I'm on fire and he started to hit his body he didn't know what it was maybe he thought he was drunk but the Bible says or the Smith Wigglesworth says this man was immediately sober and he fell on his knees and he repented. And this man became a great man of God. Why? Because God has an appointed time. Amen. But you and I will go through hard things. But we can't lose our confident trust in God. Because is anything too hard for God? That you can't recover all? That you can't be restored? That your marriage can't be restored? That maybe your, your husband walked out on you? That you can't find love again? that you can't find a good husband or a good man. I want to say to El Capote, it's a Dexel, amen. You don't, become, you don't become impatient when it comes to your finding the right husband or the right wife. Don't just take any option, amen. 
you take the right option. Why? Because God has an appointed time. You're gonna walk, you're gonna walk into church one morning. Are there any nice guys in church? And you look up and there stands Rambo. Amen. And God has sent him to you. Why? Because there's an appointed time. A man who loves God more than he loves you. A woman that loves God more than she loves you. Why? At the appointed time. Amen. God comes through for us like he always does. Businessmen. At the appointed time, that contract will be signed. At the appointed time, your business will go into profit. Why? You stay faithful. You remain faithful. Amen. In every season. There was a woman at the well, the Bible says. A promiscuous woman. A woman who slept around with many men. She was known in her town as a woman that was was available to all men. But then she had an appointed time with Christ. She comes to draw water and she thinks she's drawing natural water. But actual fact, she comes to the water of life. You see, and until you get to the place where Christ, Saul, has an appointment with God and he encounters the water of life and he falls on his face and he repents from God and he changes his name to Paul because that's what God does. He might not change your natural name, but he changes the nature in you, that self-centered, selfish nature. He makes it a nature that serves, that wants to help others, a nature that understands forgiveness, not just of yourself, but learning to forgive other people that have done you in. Why? Because that's the nature of Christ in us. And this woman sits at the well and she tries to discern Christ, most likely maybe hit on him. For yes, might be a husband number seven. And he understood who she was. And instead of judging her, he has an appointment with her. And in that moment, she encounters Christ. She leaves that place. She goes and t- turns the whole city upside down. Come see a man, she says. She becomes an evangelist. She became a great woman of God. Mary Magdalene, a prostitute. Who can, who, what can God do with a prostitute? Ask Mary Magdalene. When Jesus was crucified at the foot of the cross, there was Mary Magdalene, that woman that everybody wrote off, that woman that society wrote off. God says, listen, what society writes off, amen, I write about. Why? Because I'm going to use people that are broken. Why? Because I've come to bring good news to the brokenhearted. I've come to restore those that are oppressed, those that are abused, those that are are left and thrown away by the world. I will use them. Amen. I want to encourage your faith today. I want to say to you, the fishermen, whether we're toiling all night. We've toiled all night, Jesus. We've caught nothing. I've started this business, Jesus, and it's hard. I'm trying to do my best, Jesus. You told me to start this business. It's hard, Jesus. What do I do? I've been toiling. I've been trying to make ends meet. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. Christ comes to these fishermen who have a fishing business. And He says, cast your net out on the other side. One word from God gives them a new strategy. One idea. One dream. You're sitting at your house and God gives you a dream. I was struggling in business years ago. I've told you the story before I came home. Wrestling with God in my lounge. Frustrated. Didn't know how I'm going to pay the bills. Didn't know how I'm going to get through the next month. I've been hammering at this business. It's, it's hard. It's, it's difficult. Told my wife several times. I'm shutting the doors of this business. I'm sick and tired of, of struggling like this. And I'm sitting in the lounge one night. And I said to God, God, when is it going to turn around? And he says to me in that moment, all by myself, he said to me, sell your your knowledge. That's all he said to me, sell your knowledge. And I went, what do you mean? Nothing further. And then I started to meditate on that one statement. One word from God, sell your knowledge. And as I started to think about that, God gave me wisdom. And I put this business plan together that about three years later was doing three million rand turnover a month. I say this to you because sometimes it was hard. But is anything too hard for God? There's no confusion in God. There's no, there's no lack in God. There's no, there's, no, there's no lack of confidence in God. God hasn't gone into lockdown. Heaven hasn't shut its resource down. But if you, start to, if you start to pursue the resource on the earth and not the source to life on the earth, 
You're a fool. I'm not saying you're a foolish person. I'm not saying you're stupid. I'm saying that you can be foolish if you start to look at resource and think that God has run out of resource. I know God is the source to everything on this earth. We have to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, His Son. And when we seek first His kingdom, all the other things will fall into place at the appointed time. Are you getting something this morning? Jesus says, cast your head out of the other side. They do that. They listen. They obey. They listen to the unction and the prompting of the Holy Spirit. That's why we are Spirit-led, Spirit-fed, Spirit-led. The unction of the Holy Spirit. The world calls it a gut feeling. It's, a, it's their soul realm that talks to them. But the, the Bible says we have the Holy Spirit. It's the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the leading, the prompting of heaven's wisdom on earth. And as they cast their net out on the other side, the Bible says at the same place where there was no fish, when God got involved, the fish obeyed Him. The fish where your net might be laboring and toiling and struggling. And not that you're a bad person, but God says at the appointed time, when I start to see your trust in me, when you get back to work and you haven't got a Jacob nature and you're scheming and now a deal comes uh, to on your table, but you know the deal isn't exactly what you want, but, it, but it's a deal that's a little bit shady. It's a little bit of a, a brown paper bag in a dark alley and it might alleviate a little bit of pressure, but it's not the right thing and you know it. Walk away from it. I had a great business mentor once. Um, he was a billionaire, 26, couldn't read or write. And at 26, at 72, when I encountered his life, he was a billionaire. But he always said this. He said, what are you willing to fail by? He said, as a, as a born-again Christian, he said, there are many opportunities to make money. But sometimes you have to walk away from the money-making opportunity because it's not right for you. It might make money, but it doesn't make you peaceful. And I say this to us today because sometimes we're looking for short-term solutions. And the fishermen were toiling. And the Bible says, when Jesus said, cast your net on the other side, strategy, a new strategy, a new season new direction you're driving down this road every day worrying about how you're going to pay the bills and the answer to your solution is on the right hand side of the road but you haven't seen it yet why because at the appointed time God's going to open your eyes and that piece of land that you thought was just a piece of land is the land God says buy or whatever God tells you to do at the appointed time amen and the Bible says when they cast their net out their fish they caught so many fish that their boat started to sink that they had to call other people to come help them to handle the catch why because God is a God of multiplication God is a God of, of more than enough. We sometimes as born-again Christians, we struggle with this concept. So he goes on to say what? He says, God, God has an appointed time. He says, but I will return. He says, at the appointed time, I will return. What does he mean? He says, I will respond by turning your situation around. That's at the appointed time. So you are being faithful, being faithful, being faithful, being faithful, coming to church. You might be an usher in church. You might be in the band. You might be in the sound. You might just be sitting in the chairs every Sunday. No one knows your battle. No one knows your struggle. No one knows what's going on in your private life, but you just are being faithful. You just come to church every week. You might have lost your job. You haven't got petrol to come to church, but you know you need to be in church. So you come to church. Why? I'm just being faithful. And God says, I'm watching you. I'm watching because if you know what I have planned for you, but if I tell you it now, you might, it, might, it might intimidate you, but I'm getting you ready at the appointed time. I'm going to reveal it to you. And when I reveal it to you, you better get ready at the appointed time. Amen. I will return. I will return. I will respond by turning your situation around. I will return. I will turn that thing that's going in the wrong direction. I'm going to turn it around. And then I'm going to see you what? I'm going to see you at the appointed time. What, is anything too hard for God? I'm going to ask you this morning, is anything too hard for God? Jesus said, I won't leave you nor forsake you. I won't leave you as an orphan. He was going to go to be with his father. And his disciples said, are you leaving us? He said, no, I will return. 
but I will return in the form of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send you a helper. You're not alone. I want to say to you today, I don't care how, 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 how difficult your situation might seem. Amen. God hasn't left you. God hasn't forgotten you. You're not, you're not, you're not, you're not forgotten by God. You just stay faithful. You lift your head every morning. I don't care how bad it looks. I don't care how impossible it looks. You lift your head every morning. You get up, you say, today is a great day. Today, Father, you made this day. I will rejoice in you and I'll be glad in this day. You put a smile on your face. You open your front door. You get in your car. You drive down that road. You say, hey, today is a great day. I don't know how I'm going to solve this problem. It's hard. It's impossible. But with my God, all things are possible. Come on, if you believe that this morning, give Him a shout of praise all over this place, if you will. Come on. God is busy with your appointed time. You better get ready. You better get ready. You better get ready. God has got a meeting place with you. God has got an appointment with you. God is going to meet you at that place. You stay faithful. You stay faithful. That same road you drive on where it is barren is going to become a fruitful place. You stay faithful. You stay faithful. I tell people, I was in business years ago told you often my 700 kilometer little round trip I used to drive in the northern cape and every place that I sowed in tears every place hard hard brazen closed heavens shut speak to a client shut no no I just got no after no after no after no after no hard drive 700 back Sunday morning in church head usher smile the chairs the best I could. I had to trust God to get to church. Then I petrol. Then I'm going to pay the rent. I used to give a woman a check at a guest house. I stayed in this one little town in the Northern Cape. I used to pray that she doesn't bank it by the time I get out of the town because there's no money in my account. I first have to do a sale to get money to put into my account so I could pay because the check doesn't bounce. That's how I used to live. I was, I was in a hard season. Hard. Hard. 700 kilometer trips. Wife comes back. Hi honey. How was the trip? And I'm going, oh, great but hard going to a client's place try and sell them something no we, we buy from other people just hard every no just door slammed door shut a little bit get a little bit of a breakthrough lose over here started a business that broke into my business stole all the stock that I bought on credit just hard difficult hard but Sunday in church just the head usher then my pastor comes to me and says to me Aiden the Lord told me I must tell you to take up the offering I said he's got a stand up comedian I haven't even got money to pay attention gives me this book he says study this book I go me how do I teach people about money when I've got no money well the God isn't called the qualified he qualifies the called amen why faithful because God wasn't looking at my bank account God is looking at my faithfulness every Sunday when they plant the we, 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 had a, we had a garden in our church Sunday Saturday morning we're gonna plant new grass who's coming me I've got nothing to do come to church I plant the grass I used to smoke it before I got saved and then I planted it afterwards amen faithful head usher serve in the church have a guest speaker he comes to play the in the band uh, he's a musician he needs people to unpack his stuff I'll be there to unpack the stuff then uh, we were in a tent the tent used to blow every every day with the wind and then the, the sandbags would move so I came one night they called the police they said somebody's breaking into the church it was me straightening the sandbags. I said, no, I'm a member here. I'm just coming to straighten the sand. Who asked you? No one. Just the Lord said to me, just be faithful. Serve in the church. It's hard. It's hard. Get back to church, to, to the house. It's hard. It's difficult. 
struggling to, to buy nappies. It's hard. You pray your child doesn't get a runny stomach because we've got, we've got no more nappies left. He used to be slowly on the nappies, slowly there. Eventually it's like, put him outside of the host pipe. We can't afford to buy more ha- nappies. Hard. It's hard. It's just tough, man. And then you stand in church on Sunday, God's a good God. I'm going, ah. When, God, when? Hard. Bible says, just stay faithful. Galatians 6 verse 9, let us not grow weary in doing good. For in due season, at the appointed time, what does he say? I will return. I will respond by turning that situation around. Sell your knowledge, the Lord says to me. One night, hard. See in my lounge, all alone. Hard. At the appointed time, God says one word. It's all you need right now. Sell your knowledge. What does that mean? Just work it out. You've got a brain. You've got faith. Work it out. I'm not going to spoon feed you. Work it out. Let me say this to you as well. God will not give you a second word if you haven't been obedient to the first one. Some of us are looking for a second word and God says, go back to the first one six months ago and finish that one first. I told you to to phone that person and ask them to forgive you. I told you to phone that person that did you in. You're innocent, you're right, but I told you to phone them and say sorry. But God, he says, nope, I'm I'm not speaking until you phone. So phone, pick up the phone, write the email. I know that we've said our disagreement. I know we've got long age, but I want to say the Lord spoke to me. I forgive you. I set you free. I know you owe me money. I set you free. Because when you set those people free, you yourself will will be set free. Amen. It's a principle. God's always busy with our character. God's always busy with us. The world is busy with us on the external and God is busy on the internal. The world is always selling you stuff on the outside, nice stuff on the outside. And God is busy with the, insert, in, the stuff on the inside that you may be changed in the inner man. Amen. And then he goes on to say in closing, he says what? He says, and you shall have. At the appointed time I will return at the time of life and you shall have. What? Well, listen to what he says. He says, according to the time of life. So God never returns to bring death. We think God comes back to punish us. No, that's a, it's wrong doctrine. God does not return to punish. God sent His Son to punish His Son for you and me. So that when He returns, He, rep- he returns to the time of life. Listen to what He said in, in John 10.10. Because 10, Christians struggle with this concept of having. He says what? He says, I shall return what at the time of life and Sarah shall have a son. Not might have shall have what shall have Sarah will actually in her physical possession she will breastfeed a child right now she's barren right now there's nothing but you will physically have a child you shall have God is into into you having stuff but pastor no 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 don't don't let the thief come and steal kill and destroy listen to what John 10 10 says the thief does not come except the thief only comes to your life for one reason except and we know the difference between a robber and a thief. A thief is someone that steals when you're not there. A robber steals in your face. A person who, who, who slaps you on the ear and takes your phone and you see their face. That's a robber. That's why the Bible says when it comes to tithes and offerings, will a man rob God? Because you sit in the presence of God in his face and you don't give into the offering basket. You're robbing God. That's a robber. But a thief is somebody who's, who's while you're away, he comes and steals. So, so, so you, have to, you have to discern the difference. And the Bible says what the thief comes only but. So don't think the devil or the enemy or your spiritual enemy has got anything good planned for you. Nothing good for you. He can't harm you because you have Christ in you. But he can try and steal from you. So if he shifts your focus to a focus of worry, like he tried to shift Christ's focus to, if you jump off this cliff, I will give you, surely angels will catch you. If you bow to me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the earth. How arrogant. He wants to give Christ the kingdoms that Christ himself made. That's the arrogance of Satan. That's the deception of the enemy. He'll try and give you something that he hasn't made. He'll try and give you a title deed to something he does not own. That's what he is. He's a thief. He's a robber. He's a thief. He comes only but what? 
to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come, listen, that you might have life, that they might have life. Have what? Have. That you might have what? Life. And that they may have it, what? More abundantly. So we, we mustn't fool ourselves. Christ came that you may have. What, what, what life? The Zoe kind of life. That life means the absolute fullness of life. To enjoy real life. To be amongst the living, not lifeless, not dead. God wants you to have dominion. He's called you to have life. The Zoe kind of life. The, the real life. To enjoy every day. Today is Sunday. Today is a great day. Today is an awesome day. I want you today. When you walk out the doors of this church, I want you, if you're living, I mean, don't we live in one of the most beautiful cities on the planet? I mean, how can you be depressed in Cape Town? I mean, that's almost impossible, amen. But I want you today, no matter what you're facing, I don't care how troubled your mind might be, I don't care how difficult your circumstances might be, I want you to leave today. And as you get to the intersection over here, look to the left and you look to that mountain, you say, God, what a great day this is today. I live in a great city. I think some of you today need to leave church, go to the beach, take your shoes off and just walk on the sand and say, I'm, gonna, I'm living in a great city. God, you've got everything out of control. And I think what you need to do is look to the right there. You're at Bloberg. There's a great place that sells great ice creams with a flake in it. Now get yourself a nice thick ice cream like this. Sit on the beach with no shoes on and look and say, ah, God, you're a good God. Everything is under control. Because is anything too hard for you, God? I'm putting all my troubles on you. I'm putting all of my burdens on you. I'm bringing them all back to you. I give you all of my troubles. I All the troubles that trouble me, I now give them to you. Why? Because is anything too hard for you, God? No, nothing is too hard for you. Come on, one more time. Give Him a shout of praise all over this place and stand on your feet with me all over this place. Come on. Come on. Come on, some of you, the shackles are busy coming off. Come on. Is there anything too hard for God? I'm standing in the taxi rank. Stay standing. I'm standing in the taxi rank in Bloemfontein. Hard season. Got no money. I told you before, got no money to get back to Kimberley. So I need money. I've got no petrol money. My wife, kids at home. Gonna go back and tell her I had no sales, which is week 17, 60, whatever it is. And then all the way back, one of my staff phones me, says the bank phone, it says we overdraft on an overdraft. I said, tell the bank manager, the number you've dialed is not available at present. Please try again later. Hard. <laughs> God says, set of knowledge. I then had to sit down. Two o'clock in the morning, my family's sleeping, and I sat with pen and paper. Dustman's full of pages. Working out. There's a part you do, there's a part God does. There's a God part, there's a man part. God gives you the word, you know, expedite. You get out the boat. You, you do your part. There's a, you, God's not going to do, He's going to spoon for you. There's a part you have to do. So I sat and I didn't have an idea what I was doing. I just thought, just as, as my thoughts were, I just wrote, wrote. No, check it away, check it away. Long story short, three, four, five nights, work out this thing. Long story short again, three years later, doing three million rand turnover a month. One of the places, I signed a deal. I was in Joburg. And a guy phones me and says to me, I've got this tender that I'm signing with the, the Department of Education in Bloemfontein. He says, but uh, my technicians can't get there. Do you want to go partnership with me? So I said, sure. What it meant was that you get a, per- a percentage of the telephone bill of, this, of the Department of Education in Bloemfontein at that time. And I get a percentage. And I get 8%. So the Bible says that God will give you 
that he'll give you wells you have not dug at the appointed time. I didn't, I didn't have the deal. I didn't sign it. The guy just phones me. He says to me, I, you want, you, would you, would you have, go with me? He takes 3% because that's how it worked. He was willing to get rid of 8 because he didn't want to lose the deal. So I said, sure. So he gives me 8% and guess what the bill was every month? Department of Education, 680,000 rand a month. Do the maths. 8%. Residual. I went, oh. Driving to Bloom now. Now it's easier. So I drive past the same taxi rank where, where I asked the guy to buy battery clamps for 20 bucks so I can get home. I'm now earning 40, 50 grand a month residual in Bloemfontein. I'm now staying in a hotel and I'm paying the bill on time. Why? Because at the appointed time, God says every place where your foot shall tread, the places that you've sown in difficulty, I will give you a fruitful place. Every single place, I kid you not. And you know on my 700 kilometer round trip, on my 700 kilometer round trip, every single town I signed business and 60% of that business I did not even sign it was given to me every single place where I had hard I was earning residual income doing 300,000 rand a month I give numbers to you because this is my testimony that little dorpy where I do with the check bounced I was earning 20 30 grand a month and I didn't even know I existed because God said when you went there in faith and you did not quit on me there but you stayed faithful there Sunday you come back you're in church you're serving in the house better is one day in the courts of our God than a thousand elsewhere I was an usher at the door the best usher at the door hard and eventually when I started to get revelation on seed time and harvest then you start to bear fruit fruit that remains because the Bible said either make the tree good and it's fruit good or make the tree bad and it's fruit bad but a good tree can't bear bad fruit so don't think if you're not bearing fruit right now you're a bad tree you're just a young tree that's waiting for its appointed time the apple's going to come. You stay faithful. You water that tree with faith. You declare over yourself, hey, you are blessed and highly favored. You're above and not beneath. Sarah, your womb will be fruitful. Oh, sing out, oh barren woman. Sing out, oh broken man. Oh yes, you shall be made whole. Why? Because my God is a good, good God. And my question to you this morning, is anything too hard for the Lord? Come on, give Him one more shout of praise all over this place and lift up your voices. Come on. Come on, Cape Town. Come on, Cape Town North. Is anything too hard for our God? No. Bow your heads, close your eyes this morning. Come on, everybody, every eye closed this morning. No one leaving right now, no one moving around. Maybe you've come to this place and said to me, Pause, this word is for me. But I can't tell you that I've even encountered Christ. I haven't had an appointed time. Maybe this is your appointed time this morning, sir. Don't run from God. I want to encourage you. Watch me online today. Don't run from God. God's got you right there where you are. A sore moment. Maybe, you, you know, the Bible says it's appointed once for man to die and then the judgment. We're all going to die. That's an appointed time. But the Bible says before you die physically, you can live spiritually and for eternity. How? By putting my faith in Christ, by believing in Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible said. That if you confess with your heart and believe with your mouth, you shall be saved. That's the incredible thing about a human life. Saul was so resistant to his appointed time until Christ arrested him. I want to ask you, sir, maybe you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. You're sitting in this building this morning. You're saying, Pastor, there's no peace in my life. Maybe you're feeling far from God today. Maybe you're standing in this place saying, I'm not even sure where I'll, end eter- where I'll spend eternity. I don't know if I die in the next 24 hours. I don't even know where I'd go. I can't really answer that with confidence because I've never had an, an appointed time with God. Mine was the 31st of May, 1992. I believe this morning God has an appointed time with someone in this place. You're staying in this place. You've been resistant from God for a while and God's saying, you just surrender to me. 
I'm asking you to join this church. I'm asking you to surrender your need to, to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Is there anything to a heart for God that He can't take that heart of yours? He can't turn that situation around? I want to encourage you today. I want nothing from you. Paul said, I don't seek the gift. I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. There is, a, there is a, a heavenly account that God wants to open for you. And it starts in a moment like this at an appointed time. Cape Town North, you're in that building. You're online. You're watching me saying, Pastor, my heart's racing in my chest. I know. Mine did too. 31st of May, I was trying to run from God for years. I tried to avoid everything. But eventually God had my number. And he said, Aiden, listen to me. And on the day of 31st of May, I went to the front. I gave my life to Christ. And everything changed. I didn't know the things I know today. Didn't, 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 didn't understand I'd be a pastor. I knew nothing. All I knew was I needed to change. Maybe that's you today. You're staying in this building saying, Pastor, this word has spoken to me. Forget your husband, forget your wife right now. Forget what people think. Forget, stop, stop reasoning. Just listen. Let your spirit man listen. God's knocking on the heart of your door. He's saying to you, open up. If you will open up, I will come in. I ask you this morning, sir, ma'am, don't turn your back on God. There's no distance in the realm of the spirit. Don't run from him any longer. Just surrender your life to him this morning. It's very simple. Just say yes. Just say yes, yes, yes. And God says, I'll do the rest. Come on. He did it for me. He's done it for pastor. He's done it for every man of God, every woman of God that's in this place that's, that's born again. There's a day. There's an appointed time. And I believe your time is now. Or perhaps you were serving God like the prodigal son and you moved away. But God had an appointed time for his return. He came back to his senses and he came back to his father's house. Perhaps you've been far from God and God's calling you back today. I ask you, come back, sir. Don't run any longer. Come. It's your time. I really believe it. I sense in the spirit realm right now this morning, God is calling many of you back. You've been out on the outskirts, maybe condemnation, maybe doubt, whatever it is, disappointment, disillusionment. God's going to turn that around this morning. If you will. If you will. Not me. I can't save you. I can just tell you about the one who can bring peace. If that's you, quickly, quietly, unashamedly, saying, yes, that's me, Pastor. Pray for me. Include me in your prayer. I want to come back to Christ this morning. I want to give my life to Jesus. And just slip up your hand and say, include me in your prayer this morning, Pastor. That's me. Thank you. Just lift up your hand. Just up, up, up quickly. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. It's your point in time, sir, ma'am. I can't save you. Thank you. Thank you. It's going to take guts. It's going to take boldness. I stood like this in a service just like this. 31st of May, man, 1992. I stood like this. And I said, Lord, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I want to change. Up in the balcony. Thank you, sir. I see your hand. Lift it up quickly. I'm not auctioning off Christ this morning, but I'm going to offer him to you because he's so, such a sweet and powerful Savior. But you must do your part. Say your yes to him this morning. Say your y'all. Just say yes. Lift up your hand one more time quickly. If you haven't done it yet, slip it up high quickly. Up, up, up. Thank you. Cape Town North. Lift it up high in that building. Put up. Say yes. You're not there by accident this morning. You might have tuned in online this morning. You're not watching me by accident this morning. No pastor can save you. No man of God can save you. We're simply just messengers for Christ. Listen to what I'm saying about Christ, not what I'm saying. Last time, quickly, before I pray, you're resting. Stop resting. Just serenely. Just say yes. Just lift up your hands and say yes, Pastor. I want to receive him into my heart this morning. Quickly. Thank you. Put your hands down this morning. I'm going to ask you in the moment. We're going to pray for every person to put up their hand. I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Maybe you brought your friend to church. You'll love your encouragement. You can help that person make a decision. I'm going to ask you to be bold. We're not going to be long, I promise you, because the next service is starting in a few minutes. And we need to move out this building. So we're not going to be long. But this is your moment. This is your point in time. We're not going to uh, delay it, but we're going to ask you to be bold this morning. Maybe you brought your friend to church. Do me a favor. I want you to be like, like my day, 31st of May, 1992. I left my seat. I came to the front. And I stood in a service like this. And someone prayed for me. And I accepted Christ into my life. And everything changed. We're going to do, give you that opportunity this morning here in Cape Town, there in Cape Town North. So do me a quick favor. Do me a favor. Take your personal belongings, your handbag, your Bible, your cell phone, so it doesn't get lost. And leave your seat right now. Everybody put up their hands. Or perhaps you turn to your friend. Ask your friend, can I walk with you? And come. 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 Leave your seat. Come. 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 Leave your seat. Come. 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 Leave your seat. Come.
of God. This is what it's about. We want to reconnect every single one of us back to our maker, back to Jesus. Amen. So that's the best decision you can ever make um, is, the, is the day. And every single one of us that is born again have that day where we have made our commitment back to Jesus. Everything is the Lord. Every person is the Lord, the Lord's, and we just give ourselves back to Him. So if you don't mind putting your hand on your heart, we want to pray with you, church. You can stretch your hands out to them. And come on, repeat this after me. Say, Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. Thank you that he rose from the grave and that he is alive for today. Jesus, come into my heart this morning. Make me new. Wash me clean. Thank you that you forgive me. And Holy Spirit, come into my heart and give me the power to be a child of God. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this powerful message. If your life was impacted in any way and you would want to connect to any of our CRC churches worldwide, then please go visit our website at crccapetown.co.za and click on the Plan a Visit tab. Thank you for listening.